0: Oh Construction Champions, It's your host Ron Neusbaum, and we're here for another episode of Construction Champions podcast, where we're burning the damn house down twice a week, just so we can rebuild it. I'm super excited as always, but I'm even a little bit more excited today. I met Zach literally two days ago. And we hit it off, and we were like, "We Zach, he's an action taker. He's like me. He was like, we need to do this now. Like, why wait around? Let's get this episode recorded. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Zach, it is great to have you on the show today.
1: Absolutely a blast to be here, my friend. And I love the intro. I thought that was great.
0: <laughs> great. We bring a little bit of pain. Uh, We bring the heat. We tell it how it is on the Construction Champions because mm-hmm. – How are you going to become a champion if we can't just talk about, like, the reality of things? So why don't you tell all the champions what got you here to today, what excites you, and, yeah, introduce yourself.
1: Absolutely, and I appreciate that. So I'm going to try to keep it short. There's quite a long road that got me here. One of those roads where there's some dead ends, there's some forks, and there's a crickety bridge and all that kind of good stuff. So I actually started out as a three-time professional athlete. Uh, I used to fight professionally, uh, fitness, and then strongman. So <clears throat> doing that, I accidentally started, kind of became an entrepreneur. I was buying and flipping gyms just because I needed a place to work out. So I had a, I had some money from comp- competing, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to buy a gym. And I had a cool place to work out, got it kind of profitable, got a little bit bored, had to move, bought another gym, and then ended up flipping all these gyms. And I ended up flipping about five or six gyms started a fitness equipment company I took that from about 800 000 our first year and by the time about a year and a half later we were, we were pushing about 30 million so we scaled that one pretty quickly uh, and then from there i got into i moved back to vegas i'm from canada Moved back to vegas and i started a brick and mortar gym about 1100 square feet we got that up to about 200 000 a month just an 1100 square feet square feet uh, facility and then we kind of accidentally moved into um, consulting, sales consulting. And I got I got to consult with some awesome companies like Tamco, ABC Supply, Lamenco, WinChoice USA, Beacon, uh, even Hewlett Packard, Salesforce, CarGurus, all that kind of good stuff. So, and then just do some core value, uh, let's say uh, core value differences. Uh, ended up parting ways with a co-founder and ended up uh, coming here with WinChoice USA and then starting Summit Chasers Consulting Group.
0: I love it, man. Big numbers, big names. I mean, it's you. You worked at the the highest possible level. Now you help guys and you help some construction companies. But your mm-hmm. knowledge is vast, and that's what I love about it. Because anybody that can go to thirty million mm-hmm. can probably go to thirty million in construction.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There, it's I. I love the construction industry in itself, it's so much, first of all, it's so much more down to earth. And because of that, I think that your their minds are much more, you're they're much more open to change and opportunity. And I think maybe the older generation, maybe not so much, but the newer generation coming up like us, mm-hmm. like I'm seeing it a lot more, they're open to, so there's so much more room to grow and innovate in, in so many different ways. It's a very exciting, it's a very exciting industry to be in. And I've kind of found my, home niche at least it is my favorite to work in
0: right? so. <laughs> well I know you know right before we uh hit the record button we were talking about uh how much more fun construction is than SAS or pretty much anything else like mm-hmm. it's just fun it's exciting it, it's something new all the time and I know I love it and I know the construction champions love it so let's dive mm-hmm. in man that's I'm gonna ask mm-hmm. you the million dollar question. And that is yeah. what makes a construction champion.
1: I think we kind of hit it already. Like I think these days, what makes a construction champion is just the ability to bring bring new ideas in from other industries, other places. Even if you're, for example, my other company, we do we do uh, windows, we do window replacement. But we what what kind of makes a champion for us is we look at gutters, roofing, HVAC, um, construction in itself. Right, home building, uh, and we pull a lot of other, uh, we pull a lot of other facets in, and other ideas in, and able to to really kind of bring everything together. Because I think a big one I think is taking taking ideas and opportunities from other sectors and bringing it into your own, and kind of marrying everybody together. Because the rising tide rises all, or raises all boats, kind of thing, right? So I think the ability yeah. to learn from all these other industries, all these other companies, all these other sectors, and bringing it into your own. And being open to that, I think these days is, is one of the big things that makes a construction champion.
0: Giving me chills, man, because that oh. that that's a good one. Because, and I'll tell you why it gave me chills. So I'm in the middle of reading The Rise, which is uh, the beginning story for Kobe Bryant. It was written by mm-hmm. somebody that knew him when he was in high school, mm-hmm. and I refer- I'm a huge Kobe Bryant guy, and I reference him on here a lot because he is a champion. Like he has a lot of those characteristics, but what you just said is there's a chapter in the book where there's a guy that is new to the team that's sitting there and he's talking to Kobe and the guy used to play hockey. And the guy was like, Yeah, I play hockey and blah, I like going to hockey. And he's like, Oh, Wayne Wayne Gretzky. And the guy's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, Wayne Gretzky. He's like, Yeah, Kobe's like over the top. They like, just wants to talk about Wayne Gretzky and the guy took it as Oh, that's just the only hockey player he know he knows because that was that's the name. But that one's it, why? Because Kobe was studying him as that was the goat in hockey, mm-hmm. and he wanted to have an understanding. Like it wasn't just about basketball and Michael Jordan, like he would mm-hmm. study other sports in the greatest in those arenas to to bring his game as he was going through high school and that's exactly what you're talking about there is being willing to look outside the box of what Mm -hmm. greatness really is and how can we implement that within our business
1: Mm -hmm. and i think that's where some of at least some of the the construction companies that i've worked especially you know the the bigger ones like tamcos abc supplies a lot of in the other industries they've they've done exactly that they see champions, they don't see the industry, they don't see what they sold, right? they don't see how they sold it. They, they see a champion, they're like, what can I learn from over there? And what can I take from that and put it over here? And I think in, in the construction industry, we, we really need to start doing that more. And you're starting to see these younger generations coming up, they're starting these companies are taking over for these companies they are starting to do that. They're, they're studying you know the Hewlett Packards, right, the, the David Packards, and they're studying the Sam Waltons even. Right, who started started Walmart and they're starting to bring some of those ideas in, and we're starting to see some really cool innovations.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're really on to something there when you're talking about that. Because, and I like when you say not seeing the industries, you're just seeing the best and then going and bringing in. Because I always say, is like construction is just construction, like we have to treat it like any other business. But for some reason, we always just say, "Oh, it's the construction business; it's different." No well, bullshit. Like construction, it's just a business. If we allow ourselves to treat it that way, and not use that as an excuse, so there's no reason why, like you said, mm-hmm. any of this other stuff that's great from other industries, we can't start to incorporate here.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really an excuse not to not to improve and not to do something different, to do something out of your comfort zone right? It's like, well, this is different. This isn't going to work with that. Okay. It might not directly work, but I'm willing to bet there's some pieces I can pull out of that that are going to work over here, right? Especially when it comes to sales cycles, types of software, marketing, Marketing's a big one, like types of marketing, like in the construction, especially more small mom, um, mom and pop shops, SMEs, they rely a lot on referrals, ton of referrals, which is great. And it, the fact that that's your foundation is amazing, but there's marketing like there's so much more out there that you can utilize right and you can you can grow with that it's to say that ads construction is different you're just blocking yourself off from so many other opportunities
0: i had 100 the truth and uh as you moved in i always like to to ask this because it fascinates me (laughs) because you see you see it from a different set of eyes than a lot of people is as you've moved into helping these construction companies Mm. and What was one of the biggest things you immediately saw that you were like, man, this is easy to improve, and like we can do this just from kind of not being necessarily being an outsider, but just bringing a different set of eyes to it?
1: Mm-hmm. I think other than the obvious, which is I'm, everyone's going to go right to like software innovations and that kind of stuff, right? And it's just like it's easy, right? But I think from my experience especially from working again with the more sme small medium-sized enterprise construction companies home improvement companies is a lot of them are start or they start with somebody who's very good at a specific field right so they're very good at sales right they're very good at the installation they're very good at manufacturing they're like hey i can do this i'm going to start a business right and then they start the business with that very sales mindset or manufacturing mindset or installation mindset and they can get to a certain point really quickly Cause they have, they have the connections and the, the knowledge in that specific place where I see a lot of them fall apart or struggle with is laying out that, like that basic business foundation, like HR departments. Again, Tamco's a pretty big company. They do not have much of an HR department, right? Where if you go look at some of these other companies that are very successful. And if you follow Patrick, Bat David, who's that value team very, very popular he's one of, one of my great mentors and I, and I love working with them. But he's saying that HR is one of the most important, if not the most important department in your business, because that's where all the development comes from. That's where finding and recruiting top talent comes from, right? That's where increasing your talent density, right? So performance standards, performance reviews, all that kind of stuff needs to come from HR. And you need to let everybody else focus on their job. You don't want these sales managers. You don't want these installation managers. These manufacturing plant managers focusing on having to constantly hire and develop their people. You want them to focus on the process and improving the process, focus on the customer, right? So it's basic things like that, that I see are huge opportunities, just bringing in those small business foundational principles before we, before we scale, you know, crazy, before we go crazy. Cause you can see a lot of them, they hit a ceiling. Sales is really good. And they know sales, they're very good at sales, but uh, my install sucks. I don't know how to bring in top installation crews or my installation is great, but I can't feed the installers that I have because I don't know how to do sales or I can't feed anybody because I don't know how to market, <laughs> hmm. right? So it's I think it's having that broad business foundation that sets your company up for those kind of rapid growth spurts.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I don't think we talk about HR enough. And I was, as you were saying that, I was reflecting on some of my own time and I remember when we started making that investment, it mm-hmm. it starts to make things reproducible yeah. because like you said, you don't have like, I remember when I no longer had to go hire foreman in training or foreman because we had a system. And I didn't like that once there was, we had people that did that. We had HR, we had people that understood what we were looking for. What does this look like? Like, what does great look like for this position? Mm-hmm. And you could just take my element out of that because I, I'm just a variable in that and put somebody in there that has a better understanding and they hire better people than you would. And exactly. it's amazing to that when you're, when you're talking about that is like, that's what happens. Just by letting people go be good at what they're good at, but at the same time, getting them out of being the roadblock.
1: Exactly. hundred percent. And that's, and again, because you're so focused on scaling, getting to a certain, you know, certain point. And then, and a lot of them, you know, they're, they're entrepreneur, they're kind of startup mindset. And then all of a sudden they become a 10, 20, $30 million company. They're like, oh crap, how did I get here? And they have no foundations, right? Like, I can't get past this or I'm starting to go backwards. You don't know why. And to your hiring point too, I mean, you made a great point where you need to have that very clearly defined in each role that you have. What is what is defined as success in that role? What type of initiative am I hiring for? And then you hand that off to somebody and then they can take that from a subjective point of view. Because a lot of times when we're trying to hire, usually we're hiring because we just lost somebody. So now we're in a rush. Right, or we're trying to expand it into a new market. So again, we're in a rush or we don't understand how that market works. But you have somebody who's focusing on that and that's their game and they're good at it. And ideally, you hire somebody who's good in that role, they're they're gonna do they're gonna they're gonna knock it out of the park for you.
0: Yeah, and they, they're gonna understand exactly what you want. I mean, mm-hmm. it's made, like you said, you you can get to 10, 20, 30 million. It's like what am I what am I doing here? And I, I think too often like Guy, the guys are chasing that like and i have been in 10 20 30 million dollar companies in in and out like and they could easily just go bankrupt and that's you and i think people don't understand that is like the top line like that doesn't have anything to do it, it might prove that you can sell and turn some stuff around but it doesn't prove that you have a foundation to be able to withstand this and i think that's what why guys get there and then they look around and it's like oh shit yeah there is a lot of money that goes through this
1: exactly well and then the other thing too is retention rates like you don't realize how much money you spend on hiring losing good people then having to hire them and then every time you do that if you don't have a good hiring process a good selecting process if you lose a top player you're much less likely to get an a player back you might get a b plus And then you lose them. Then you get a B. You lose them. You get a C. Right. So you kind of get stuck in this kind of almost death loop type of thing when you when you don't have that department really focused and dialed in.
0: Yeah, and I I think one thing that you just said there that guys really need to pay attention to is you just don't realize how much money it costs you because when like as it's growing, like you're like, well, we we keep we're adding revenue, we're adding revenue, but. Like you don't realize how much that stuff actually costs you in the long term. Uh, Especially if I'm a firm believer, like you to develop lead, like to try to find those leaders and develop them through the company instead of necessarily bringing in guys from the outside. Now, not everybody's meant to be a leader. Not everybody wants to be, but identifying those guys and putting them in a, a program and a plan to bring them up. If those guy like you get invested a few years into one of those guys and they leave, that's you're starting over from day yeah. one.
1: Yeah, you just you just did somebody else's wherever they go next. You just you, you gave them somebody great. You just did all the work for them, <laughs> right? And there, there's a law. I can't remember what the law is called specifically. Where it's 80%, it's called the law of crappy people, actually. I can't remember. It's a David Horowitz book, but it said 80% of people in their roles, specifically in bigger companies, 80% of people in their roles are underqualified for it. Because they develop and they grow within a company to a certain point until they can't, they can't move to the next level, they can't get promoted. And then because they're stuck, right, they get complacent and they drop that 20% or that 15%, whatever it is. So then they hover and they just survive at that 80%. And if that happens long enough, if you don't have a good development program. You end up with eighty percent of people in your company who are underqualified for their position.
0: Wow, that I mean that is a. I can see that. That that it's makes perfect sense weird, to me. Right? It should. <laughs> it should make perfect sense to everybody listening out there as well, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. When I read that, I was like, that makes. Just from experience also, because I'm thinking back to all these companies that I, I consulted with and I'm like, oh, OK, that's why that makes sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what I'm I'm going through. My, I'm like, man, that just that makes absolute sense. And you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can walk in and I just you, you can see it at companies like who those people are. I think yeah. that's one of the great things about I, I'm a big component of having outside people come into your company, like as you, especially as you're growing it, or if you're looking to go to the next level before you try to go there, having somebody come in and put an outside set of eyes on it, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people can just see it. You're too close to it. I, I say it the same thing. It's why I have the counseling that I have and the people around me for what I'm doing is because I always like, I'm just too close to it. Like I understand it better than anybody else will ever understand it, what I'm doing. But that's a handicap as much as it is a plus and having outside eyes to look in and say, Ron, this or that, or just like, and same thing with business. Like people should just, bef- especially before you're going to try to scale to the next level, you should always have somebody come in and they're going to see those people that are sitting there. Yeah that and then a lot of times out
1: oh absolutely and then we, yeah, they'll notice that and because in a lot of times especially if you're if you're moving kind of from that um if you ever read the book anybody on here i I'd recommend reading it i think it's called it's called ready fire aim and it kind of goes through the different life cycles of a business so it's like you have like your infancy when you're trying to make your first million right and then it's kind of the adolescent or the toddler then the adolescent and when you're in that adolescent kind of stage that's when you're moving from that, again, you're moving from a startup to like a legit enterprise, right? You need to have all these different departments and you're not sure it's where you kind of wake up and like, how the hell did I get here? Right. And you're so, you're so in it though. Like you're doing everything. You have a hand, you're in every sales meeting, every installation meeting, every service meeting, you're the customer service, right? You're the one cracking the whip in your manufacturing plant, whatever it is. And then you, you, you don't know what's going on because you're so in it. I think that what's the saying, you, you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. right so bringing that that uh that second set of eyes in or that outside perspective in it it's honestly shocking when i do SWOT analysis for for companies they're like i like that they know it was happening but they're like oh my god have somebody else tell them you're like i had no idea that this was an issue i had no idea we had this opportunity or they're so it's and it's bizarre watching like don't you're you're here 20 like you know this 24 7 right you knew every button to press you knew every number you knew everything but you didn't know that this person was skimming this was taking shortcuts over here or you're losing opportunity over here it's it's bizarre when you get lost in it like that it's 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 a lot of fun to do for me coming in and doing that but it's <laughs> it's still bizarre to see i'm like how did you not but it's, it's again it's just perspective when you're in it you just don't see it
0: yeah you're just out there you're just you're doing what the the best you can or what you think is like this is what's moving it and if you never have an outside set of eyes, like that's what leads to stuff eventually breaking. And when I talk about, you know, being 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million, and it might be easier to rebound, but you still have the opportunity to go to zero. Yeah. And it's, it mm-hmm. and trust me, it'll be something stupid that does it. Like it won't, it won't be something that you're like cruising along and be like, whoa, okay. I can see that, that through us. It'll be something that's like, I had no, I could have not even thought. I mean, I've, we've had people on here that had millions of dollars in Bezzard from them and never, had almost, almost yeah. shut them down and had no idea until, you know, they start bringing some other eyes in and it's like blatantly obvious.
1: Yeah. I think that one of the most, I think, I think there's two, I think as soon as you can get a fractional CFL in there to come look at your books, third, third, third-party perspective on your books, like that's huge. You'll, you'll see a lot of, even, even if it's nothing crazy like getting embezzled through, right. It's it just, just where your, where your opportunities, opportunities to either cut money or, or gain money. And I think to your, to your point too, is that you might not go back down to zero, but sometimes they should. And I'm not saying to go back down, you know, and, and not make any money. I'm saying that they're focused. Like I'm saying, like kind of come down and then build that foundation up because they get, it's like, okay, I'm going to uh, 10 seconds only to build the tallest tower you can with some blocks, right? You're going to stack them end on end and it's it's going to be wobbly. You're going to get up there and be like, I'm really high, but this is pretty unstable. Like, I'm pretty sure we're going to fall at some point. This is scary. I'm just like, you're surviving, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you're not thriving. You're surviving at that point. So having the ability when you do have that big wobbly tower to come back down, okay, we need to build a base. So I need to, I need to figure out a higher, hire hire another me, right? If you're the owner, I need to find somebody who knows the industry just as good, if not better than me and bring them in. I need to look at other departments. I need to bolster my IT department. That's one of the things that we're going through right now is that we really understand that we need a very good IT director. So understanding that, what do I not want to do? And what do I need the most? Hire for that. Hire A players, pay for them. Because if you don't pay for them now, you're going to pay for them later. and not in the Mm -hmm. best way, right? So being able to come back down, build that base and then work your way back up. And then once you have done that, it sucks because you don't see the numbers flying up like you're, you're used to seeing right? Especially when you're first starting out. But then once you do have that base built and you have, you know, your team is kind of unified around your, your core values and vision, uh, vision and mission for the company, you have great people, you have all your processes and everything documented, your company's running like a clock. Once you get there, you're, it's like you're, you're, you're almost, it almost scales itself if you yeah. do it properly. And then at that point, then you add on all these fancy sales and marketing tactics. And then you're you're shooting, but a lot of them, they just don't come back down and build that base, and that's where they mm-hmm. they tend to build too high and then topple.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. I I agree. It makes me think about a lot of a lot of different guys that I watch do different thing. You know, every everybody's different. But you're mm-hmm. hitting it right on the head, and I absolutely love that. So, if for any of the construction champions out there they wanted to reach out to you, talk to you, follow you, how do they do that?
1: So Summit Chasers Network on Instagram and Facebook. And then just Zach Carlin on LinkedIn. And then I have my own on Instagram. I can't remember what it is. I think it's called Coach Z1, something like that. I'm mostly on the Summit Chasers one. But it'll be Summit Chasers Network uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to be part of the Construction Champions family.
1: Thank you for having me, man. It was a
0: blast all right construction champions to me you know what it sounds like to me is we all need to not just look in the mirror but swallow some pride and be like i i need somebody else to look at this this isn't just me and it's it's not an ego thing it's a, a pride thing like this is just like How do we be that champion? Everybody that's ever been on that journey to become the greatest had to swallow their pride. They had to put their ego aside to be able to get there. The greatest teams had the greatest coaches. The greatest teams had the greatest advisors. They had the greatest people around them and they weren't afraid to hear no, nah, that's not how you should be doing it. Or that's wrong. Now, in their mind, they might think, well, I you don't know it as good as I do, but they listen and then they took what was implementable, what should happen, and they did it. And then that's what took them to the next level. There's so many stories of this. When you when you start diving into it from Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to Wayne Gretzky to all, all of these guys that did great things at the highest possible level, where their ego got checked, and it was it's always one of the biggest defining moments of their careers because without that happening, they would have never became the leader or you know, became the champion that they could have been. So don't be afraid of that. Let somebody like Zach come in, poke some holes in what you're doing. He's, the, the, you know, here's here's the thing. I think a misconception that people have with consultants, or coaches, or any of this is like they're just there to poke some holes in this or to to mess with this or just try to fix things. When what they're there is to try to make sure that you don't make mistakes that are blatantly obvious. So you can go to the next level and they can sleep at night knowing that three, four years from now, you have the foundation to become that business you want to become. So construction champions, I know that was a little bit more of a rant than I typically go on, but it's just something that gets me, it just gets me going because I see too many guys not just to just want to go wayward when there's help out there. So go find your help. There's plenty of it out there. Find somebody you connect with and you say, this is the person that I want to go on this journey with. Also, make sure you go to constructionchampions.com. Check out our partners. Go to our free Facebook mastermind group. Jump in there. It's where we're connecting listeners, guests, everybody. We can have open conversations about being a champion. The more people we get in there, the more champion conversations we have. So until next time, go be the champion you were meant to be. Champions, I am super excited to talk to you about our partner, Contractor Staffing Source. Paul and his team have over 40 years, or Paul himself has over 40 years of experience in construction, and he knows what it takes to not only grow and scale a company, but also hire the absolute best for your company. And with this partnership, we have put together an amazing bundle of free resources from his free million-dollar hire course to a free disassessment to a free cognitive ability assessment. All you have to do is go click the links at Construction Champions Podcast or in the show notes for this to access all these free resources. This is the kind of partnerships that Construction Champions Podcast will be bringing. Ones that add value, just like all of our other ones. This one adds massive value to your company and where you're headed in the future so you can continue to grow and become the champion you were meant to be.